Recently aboard the Opal Star, things are continuing to get more complicated for the party. The Federation declared them dead and then announced they were going to be investigating the Jaeger explosion. Hours later, someone put a price on the party's head and now they're having to lie low while they figure out what to do next. To help solve some of these problems, they are delving into the depths of a Blair Vault, a piece of history left behind just in case to help protect the future. They do not know what it holds or what they will face along the way. They can only hope that it holds something that will help solve at least one of their problems. And yeah, so you have this tunnel ahead of you. How are you going to proceed? I'd like to do a perception check. Okay. Let's start with that. Ooh, okay. Another 16. Alright. So what are you trying to look for? Mostly traps, trip wires, places on the floor that don't look quite right. Which I guess would be investigation, now that I think about it. Without getting down your hands and knees and looking, the floor looks very smooth. It's all stone. And the walls seem to have this writing on them, all over them, and it kind of starts to glow faintly as you hear the doors shut behind you. The hallway is lit, you'll be able to see it's just not super bright, and you can't read the writing. None of us? Nope. It's old. Are there any pictures that go along with the writing, or is it just writing? There are some images on there. Roll either intelligence or lore. Anyone else who's looking at the walls can roll it. Sure, yeah, I'll, I'll give that a solid investigation. Let's go. Ooh, 18. Is that for an investigation roll? No, intelligence or lore to see if you can notice things. Gonna use... Not the base stat. Ooh, hi. That's gonna be a 22 on lore. Okay. Good dice, good dice. I rolled a 19, either of them. They're both plus zero, just a 19. Even though you can't make any sense of the language, just looking at some of the imagery, it looks like a creation story. Does it line up with anything we know? Does it look like the story the circus told? Might be a little early for that, but roll me a leather lore anima. Before you roll lore, roll me just straight intelligence. Four. Cool. Roll me lore then. You don't get advantage. I'm sorry. Nat 20. <laughs> Yay. So y'all are trying to see if it lines up with any creation story you know? Or if there are any notable changes. Yeah. I just wanted to know if it looked like what I saw at the circus. You feel like it's probably set before then, like way before, because these vaults were created by races that were far older than any of the current races. It doesn't seem to fit with anything you know, but when you think about it, it's the creation story of races that were alive when the Belair still had physical bodies. This is old history. Did you say that to everyone? Sure, yep. I just didn't want to write it and then be like, oh, wait, she never said that. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, oh, it's fatal. Spectre was probably going to say something at some point. Oh yeah, she's on comms. You just hear over the comms. Wow. Looks like it's one of the creation sorties. Definitely going to be wanting to research of this afterwards, but it also looks like starting you off with a mace. That should be interesting. I can't get any readings on where exactly to go, but sometimes with these, it's not always as literal as you might think. You've mentioned that. Trust your instincts. It's testing you. I might be quiet for a little bit, but if you need any help, let me know. Are we without helmets in here? Yeah, because when you got off the ship and were walking in, the gravity was a bit less than you're used to. So y'all got a little bouncy on the way in. But once your feet hit the stone, it was back to normal gravity that you're used to. Which is interesting, because pretty sure gravity doesn't work like that on planets. Interesting. And the oxygen levels were normal for what we were used to as well? Yeah. Then she'll deactivate her helmet and it'll, like, peel away. I was originally picturing the kind where you, like, take it off and put it on, but I'm thinking it's the ones that kind of collapse back. Because that's just easier to deal with and I don't want to have to worry about y'all accidentally leaving your helmet somewhere. So now we have both heads and tails hanging out as epaulets on our shoulders. In their usual spots. Yeah. Do we have flashlights? She would have given you flashlights, and like I said, there's a glow along the walls, which seems to be mostly natural. Okay. And so you you can see it's just not super brightly lit. Okay, then for flavor, I'm going to assume that heads and tails can also be operate as my flashlights, and they'll, like, flip up so I have headlights. That's adorable. It seems practical. Yeah, and as far as I was able to tell, there's no traps of any sort anywhere nearby. So how do you guys proceed? Forward, I assume. It's just a straight hallway? From what you can see. So straight ahead it is. Yeah. So you continue on forward, and you're... Based on the pictures, you can tell the devices you're wearing are actively recording everything and scanning the walls. And as you proceed forward, you can piece together bits of the creation story. It's like it's telling how the world came to be. Like a story of how the universe came to be based on the pictures. Or at least that's your best guess. And after about five minutes, you come to an intersection. Where do you go? I would like to investigate the intersection to see if it has any indication of which way is the correct way. So, like, wearing in the stone, an actual sign on the wall, a clue, you know, that kind of thing. Ah, that's an eight. I would also investigate it, so... Ooh, nine. That's a nine. You don't really notice anything, Farida. Ooh, nat 20. So I got a 20... Investigation? One. 21. There's no difference in the wearing on the floors. It looks, but looking at the walls, you can tell the story branches off. And it seems to be, like, just looking at the pictures, you can tell there's different parts to the tail. You aren't sure exactly where to go, but at that high, you do remember Spectre saying how sometimes things aren't literal and you have to trust your instincts. 
Alright. So how do you guys choose the direction? Anima, which way do you think that we should go? Oh, god. Random, come on. Five, four, three, two. Left or right? Left. One. Okay, let's go left. Alright, so you all go left and you continue on and gather more of a story. And are you guys talking about anything or looking for anything in particular? Paying attention generally to the environment to see if anything changes. Yeah. But we're on alert. We're in weird uh, territory, so. Yeah. I don't think this is necessarily the time for idle chatter. I'm gonna say Anima's in the front with the shield out just in case anything has made its way in here and is living. Roll me perception. Okay, cool. Actually, everyone roll me perception. 11. That dice is fired. Ooh! I got another nat 20. Hey. Yay! 26. I keep forgetting how high your perception is. Yeah! I got a 14. So you all notice it's quiet. You know Spectra is somewhere, but she's also several feet above you at least, and it's through stone, but... As far as you can tell from listening and looking around, you're the only living things in here, and nothing else has been here for a while. It's not dusty, but it's quiet, and you get the feeling you're the only living beings in there aside from Spectra. That's fine. I'm taking point anyways, just because I'm going to protect my friends. Just in case. My friends are squishy and I am not. You are tank. So you continue on for a bit, and then you come to another intersection, except for this time, you can either go straight forward or to the right. Who do you think should pick this time? Bye. Straight or right? Who is answering? Did that not... I didn't hear it clearly. Bye. I didn't hear it very clearly. Violina? Oh, sorry, I didn't hear it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Hello? Can anybody hear me? (laughs) All right. Yes, yes, we can. Yes, we can. Yes, right. All right. Let's go right. Okay. And since I'm now sandwiched, I'm going to pass the coins to either of you two. To both of you two, actually. Okay. Heads for Anima, tails for Vi. Because the head of the conga line and the tail of the conga line. (laughs) Makes sense. Alright, so you turn to the right, and the writing along the wall continues, and it seems to be progressing forward in time to, you see, what you are assuming would be some of the races that came before. Their shapes are very strange. Cart pictures on the wall. Depictions of them. They don't look familiar to you. Some of them look vaguely like maybe they could have been the long ago predecessors of um, some of the current races but you can't really tell for sure and it seems to be the story is progressing and the universe is evolving and you continue on and you come to a dead end this time and you can either go right left, or you could also turn back and try a different way. Wait, is it dead end or a, br- or a split? The hole you're in ends, and then you can either go right or left. Ah, okay. 
Okay, it's a T. Okay. Verita, your turn, I guess. Yeah? I'll borrow these two, and she's going to stick her two drones together and flip a coin. Heads left, tails right. To the right. Right? Right. Odd, even. I just love that mental image of clap, flip, lands. Okay, cool. And they separate apart and just look at you like, Mom! (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, it was like their original purpose. So maybe they're like, yes, finally we have been called to be a coin. (laughs) (laughs) Now I want to do a short story that's just the adventures of heads and tails. (laughs) Or Farida accidentally leaves them behind or like has to leave them behind for something. So they try and do a jailbreak to get out of whatever thing they're in to go find their mom. A cash register. Cash register? (laughs) Oh no! (laughs) They decided to hide it in in, like her wallet for some reason, and she's like, I don't, where are they? You just have the cutaways for it, and like, they should be. They should, they should come whenever I do that. It doesn't. She like checks her, checks her coins, and she's like, wait a second. Meanwhile, at a shop, there's a shopkeeper. See, it's doing it again. Just like my register's trying to come alive. <laughs> I love that so much. It's a beautiful day, <laughs> and you, <laughs> and you are a loyal <laughs> engineers. Yeah. I need that to happen now. <laughs> Alright, so you continue on, and as you're looking along the walls, and let's fast forward a bit, you keep taking different twists and turns, you still aren't entirely sure where you're going, and after a while you you aren't really sure what to do, and you come to another crossroads. You get the feeling that if this is looking for something, it's not quite what it's looking for. Well, with no indication of what we should do, just keep on going randomly. What kind of intersection is it? You can either go straight forward to the left or to the right. Well, I'd like to investigate it again. See if there's any indication. Roll investigation, or you could also roll insight. They're both pretty high, but I'm going to go with investigation 15. Okay. Oh, and I'm going to amplify ability with heads. So that's two more. So, 17. Okay. Anyone else rolling investigation or insight? Sure, I'll roll insight. I'll give you another amplifiability, so d4. Okay, that's a 15. Okay. Don't bother giving me anything. I rolled a 4. You could roll a 5. Take another d4. (laughs) Get a consoling pat on the back. I rolled a 5. You just have heads there on your shoulder, like, nodding along, like, yep, yeah. Hmm? Five. I, I did roll a five. That was a one on my day, so. Heads tried. Heads was not super helpful, but you were both rolling investigation, yeah? I was rolling insight. Okay, so with an investigation, there do seem to be different branches of the story every time it branches. Oh, you're able to piece together 
different chapters of the same story. And even though it's skipping around, you feel like you're still going to the same ending, but with by with your insight, you've also noticed that these will seem to be telling a story, but you do realize the random wandering doesn't seem to be working. You get the feeling that the trusting your instincts part, no traps have been set off or anything, so it seems to be like that part, but it feels like there's something more. Like there's something more that something wants. If you were designing something to test someone's instincts, you might want to test the individual as well as the group. Guys, this vault may want to get us alone. Since it would be more a character test than a physical test. I had that thought briefly at the first intersection. But I didn't want to leave you guys. Well, there are three people and there were only two branches there. Were there? I thought that one went straight too. It did. Oh. No, the first intersection, you could run forward, left or right. I definitely just heard the left or right. There have been some since then that have just had two options, but you could have also gone back. Verda, do you have a response to this? Well, we still have our communicator. That's true. It's not like we'll be totally isolated. Do you have a response, Verda? I felt like you were starting to say something. No, she's purposefully being quiet, actually. She'll listen to what the group has to say. But she's incredibly sus of the intentions of the vault, if it's to split up the group. Everyone roll me wisdom. Sixteen. Okay. Six. Okay. Nine. Okay. Thirteen, actually. You all feel like this... It's almost like an instinct or an impulse in your mind telling you to go in a direction as you're standing at this crossroads. Guy, you feel like you need to go to the left. Anima, you feel like you need to go to the right. Farida, you feel like you need to go straight forward. What do you do? You do have a phone friend ability. As someone who's experienced. Well, since we're kind of at the whims of this thing, I don't know if we can get out unless we either fail or pass. The doors close behind us. Might as well see what it wants. It doesn't necessarily seem fatal. Also, no telling if you'd be able to find your way back. Yeah. Well? Spectra comes over the comps. Is everything all right? I've seen on the recordings, it looks like you've been moving, but from what I can tell, it doesn't look like you've moved anywhere. All right. We tried walking together, and that doesn't seem to have done anything, so we're now talking about possibly splitting up. Yes, that would make sense, and it does look like... Because I can see some of the doors here, in a way. It's weird to explain, but... 
It looks like the second door's been unlocked for a while, that's why I was surprised to see you haven't moved anywhere. Okay. Past one challenge. Farida, do you want Tails back? I do believe they actually automatically turn inert when they're far away from me. I'll have to double check on that. They only exist while within a certain range. Sometimes you have to go with your instincts. It may seem strange, but these vaults aren't designed to be hazardous to your health, I promise. Anyway. Mm, but the rest of the world is, and we've already learned to be weary. She says as she starts walking forwards, hands in pockets, like really, really not selling the confidence here. If either of you run into trouble, yell and, or maybe that'd just get us lost. But do it anyways. As Farid is fading into the darkness, she'll say, something tells me that won't actually change much. Yeah. I'll let you know if it's something I can't handle, Anima. We'll see what we can do. As Faridus says that, you can't see her anymore. And Farida, you find yourself standing in darkness. Okay, I've given her tails back. Yeah, you have both of your droids back. And I have the headlights up. And you are standing alone in darkness. I'm still going to keep on walking forward. Still walking in a straight line. I'm not even really paying attention much to my surroundings. Just keep on walking forward. So, what do the other two do? I head off to the right. Yep, I head off to the left. The second you two uh, cross into your hallways, you also find yourself standing in darkness. My dark vision doesn't do anything to that. There's just nothing to see right now. When you look down, you can kind of see the floor at your feet. You can tell you're still walking on the floor. It's just, there's nothing to see. Okay. Alright, so... None of the rest of you are going to hear this, but Farida, as you are walking forwards, you hear this voice, and you're not entirely sure where it's coming from. You are an interesting one. You walk the line between two worlds, and you bear two faces. You do not see many like you here. Why are you here? Hmm. Because while I display two faces, I really only have one interest. That those around me be better off after they meet me than when they first meet me. That is interesting. Who are you really, though? Does anyone know you as you wear these faces? That's the thing about entertainment now, isn't it? But I have found a very interesting solution to that predicament, which I've been contemplating for quite a while. I show a variety of faces, yes, and many people would ask which one's the real one, and I would say it's definitely one of them. Roll me a deck save. Fifteen. You feel something whoosh by you and it just misses. You're not entirely sure what it is, you still can't really see anything, but something did just try and hit you. Now, now, you're not playing fair. If I'm answering all the questions, then we can't get anything out of this. Who are you? I'm not here to be questioned. Merely here to learn more about you, because you could be dining among the stars, and yet you choose to travel with strangers. Why? Is that such a mystery? 
Yes. What's the good in dining with the stars if you can't actually enrich any of them? Yeah, you have not pursued the riches you have here. You stepped into a life you didn't even know you had. Riches are just things. People are more interesting. Actually, it seems that you and I share an interest. What a curious thing. Could have had a much simpler life. Risen to success in your home, yet you chose to chase the impossible. <laughs> Simple? Simple. Simple is boring. Simple solution. Well, it's just obvious, isn't it? I don't like things that are obvious. So you choose to do the difficult things to prove that you can. To prove that others can. Nobody is lesser than me. Anyone can do anything I can do. Sometimes it just takes a little bit more practice or work. You say that, yet you have abilities that none in the world you came from have. And yet I knew that there was another world in which they were commonplace. Not a lot of information, but we have a long culture and mythology. Speaking of those special people, it's nothing that makes you better than anybody else. It's useful, sure. As she's still walking in a straight line, she'll gesture at the two bots, which are now kind of spinning around her, confused. And she's just like, no, no, just keep keep the lights going forward. We need to keep going. They're just like spinning right around like, Mom! Mom, I'm confused! <laughs> She'll grab Tails and just be, like, petting him as Heads is lighting the way forward. She's just like, it's useful, but it doesn't make you better than anybody. You have big dreams and big aspirations, yet would you give it all up to save another? (laughs) Yes. In a heartbeat. As you say that, things light up around you, and you see someone in front of you poised to strike. And when you look off to the left, you see someone that's standing behind Vi, poised to strike. She doesn't know they're there. In that moment, you know you have a choice. Do you deflect it from her and take a hit yourself? Or do you protect yourself first? What do you do? As with all things with my characters, my answer is a little bit on the gray side. Both. I'm going to go for the person that is reaching out for Vi, ignoring the person that is going to attempt to strike me. Get their attention, grab them, pull them away, just enough to get their vision, and then flash the cloak at both people. I mean, if they're close enough for me to intercept. I like that answer, so I'm going to say that they are, as you do that, and you flash, you feel something touch your chest around where your heart is. And everything goes black again. I feel like there's something there. But now we're going to move on to Vilina. <laughs> oh, that face. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was trying to draft these questions earlier. And I was like, hey, nope, I'm just going to make it up on the spot. I will say as a little bit of flavor thing, as the, that image flashed of somebody confronting Farida and then somebody confronting Vilina, there was a moment that she thought back to a kindergarten scuffle where two bullies were doing, you know, the bully thing. And she remembered it was one of the first times 
that her mother had to explain that as a Promethean, she is stronger than other people because she went over to the other kid, grabbed his hand, and broke it. Mm. Using the Promethean maximum effort ability um, without realizing that that's what she could do. There might have been a bit of Esper flair to that. A little bit. I think it was a little. She was a little bit young to be de- demonstrating full magic, but Prometheans are known for being a little bit more physically adept. Yeah. So her mother was like, "Now, now, <laughs> be a little bit more gentle." So, in response, what she does in the real world is reach over to the other person and then blind them. All right. So, Vi, what do you do when the world around you goes dark? Aside from hate everything. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Well, she's kind of used to darkness. She'd probably stop for a minute, listen for anything. She does have dark vision, but like you've said before, there's nothing to see. So she'd kind of stop for a moment, listen. You hear nothing for a minute. As far as you can tell, you are completely and totally alone. Then you hear a voice in your head saying, You are used to the shadows, aren't you? Yes. You've been walking in them for some time, keeping yourself so hidden from those around you that many could argue that most don't know you. Yeah. And yet part of you still seeks the truth. (sighs) The truth is not always a simple answer, as I'm sure you understand. Whoever, whatever you are. You can't tell exactly where this voice is coming from. It doesn't seem to be tied to any particular direction, but it's not like it's surrounding you. Okay, it is like it's surrounding me? It's not like it's coming from everywhere. You just aren't entirely sure where it's coming from. Do I know if it's a telepathic voice? I don't know if you can really tell if it's telepathic because there's nothing for it to echo off of. Yeah. You don't trust easily, do you? Or do you even know how to after all these years? You're not asking simple questions, are you? No, that would only get me simple answers, and I'd like you want to know the truth of the matter. Do I trust easily? Or do you know how to? Mm, That depends on different factors. I would say I trust one person unflinchingly. Everyone else I may like well enough. It's not that I don't trust them, but some things it's easier to just not say. Because you hide parts of yourself while seeking to expose things in the universe. Tell me, is it better to expose a lie or is it better to uncover the truth? Mm, If one doesn't do the other? (sighs) That would probably depend on the situation. There are definitely times where simply exposing the lie but having no truth whatsoever to not combat it with, but give a catharsis is it brings only more harm than good. You've experienced that, yes? Mm. 
knowing there was a lie, but not knowing the truth. Yes, well, I have dealt with it in my own way. Though I don't like that you know so much. And yet you still seek the answers to those questions. You may very well for a while, even as you help your friends to answer their own questions. Yes, but I don't necessarily expect an answer. I've made my peace with that, more or less. So, answers would be nice, but if I don't find them, then, well, that happens. Not all truths are found out within one's lifetime. That is just a fact of life. And if a truth is painful, is it better to not be known, or would you rather know? For the case you're talking about, or in general? Either one. That is not a simple, well, again, not a simple question. On one hand, knowing the truth usually drives people to want to act on that truth, regardless of whether or not that's wise or safe. On the other hand, not knowing the truth can, well, it just leaves a sort of loose thread in one's life. You choose to walk the line between light and shadow, exposing the lies and uncovering the truth. And yet, you are unable to fully trust your companions. The question is, can they trust you? And as with Ferda, you find yourself standing with someone in front of you, poised to strike, and you've been in enough fights to know if you don't go down with this hit, you're going to be really close to it, and you off to the side, just out of reach, you see Anima with someone poised to strike her in the back. You Wait, you said Farida sees this? No, you see this. Okay, I thought you said Farida. Yeah. Okay. okay. I was like, wait a second, what? <laughs> no, I said as with Farida. Uh, okay, okay, sorry. Gotcha. But no one else knows any of this happening. You know... She probably might not get up if that hits her. And what do you do? It's like time slows down as this happens, but you know you don't have a lot of actions you can take once it catches back up. Immediately scans abilities. Yeah. <laughs> Lexus checks abilities quickly. Alright. I has no idea how this will unfold. Well then, you better move as quickly as possible. Alright, so she uses cunning action to make a dash to Anima as a bonus action, and then she will cast Aegis. Unless you disengage, you're gonna get hit. That happens. So you start to run towards Anima, and you feel something touching right where you're hearted. For a second, you think whatever it is just stabbed you, but it only touches at the surface, and everything around you goes dark. That was very manipulative of you. <laughs> and now Anima. It is your turn. You find yourself standing in darkness. No idea where your friends are or where anything is. I start running forward. 
as you start running, you hear a voice, and it says, What are you running from, child? Are you running from the past you don't remember, or from the future you're uncertain of? I just wanted to get past this more quickly. I'm afraid running isn't going to help very much as much as you try. I slow down. You've been running for some time now. Perhaps even before you realized, or at least hiding from the hidden parts of yourself you don't remember. How do you know who you are? I am Anima, and I don't know what that means. You do show a certain degree of certainty for someone who does not remember where they are from. My name is all I've had to remind me that I wasn't their puppet for years. That I was different and that wasn't always good, but it was something. I wasn't a doll, I wasn't... Because I had a name. I had something they didn't give me. But that's all I had. And now you are free from them. You can choose who do you want to be. And yet you do not know who you were before you were theirs. Am I free from them? It would seem so. Do you not feel free? <laughs> Part of them is always going to be inside me, dictating the way I act. Yet you find yourself acting outside of them. You no longer serve them. Conditioned behavior is hard to forget. And yet you are working to remember what you have forgotten. I thought, maybe, if I could remember who I was, then it won't, they won't have as much control over me. I'd be able to let that go. Maybe if I remembered, I wouldn't feel so much like a shell. My friends are so smart and they're so good at so much. And sometimes when I'm around them, I feel so useless because I'm not as smart as they are, and I know that. But maybe, maybe if I could remember who I was, I could be. You have already begun to remember. Has this helped or has it hurt? I remember making tea. That's as useless as anything I've ever done. You have remembered more friends who I don't feel a connection to anymore because I I can't remember the times we had, not really. People whose names and faces I barely remember coming at me through a fog. It's all information that doesn't make sense, disjointed and useless. Again, it's useless. You say that, but would you rather those memories stay forgotten or... Would you rather remember? I'd rather remember. Because one of them came to me and it wasn't. It saved a life. If you never remembered, who would you choose to be? Would you choose to be what they made you? Or would you choose to remake yourself? I don't want to feel empty anymore. So I guess I'd try and remake myself. Though I guess that's already happened once. 
Remake yourself into what you already are. I can see it in you. You're a protector. Always have been. Maybe you just need a reminder. And suddenly you see someone before you. You can't quite make out who they are. And they are poised to strike. And you see off to the side. Someone's about to stab Farida in the back. What do you do? How close is Farida to me? Not quite close enough to where you could reach her. But you might be able to, like, throw something at the attacker. Like, from combat training, you know, timing-wise, you don't have a lot of time to do stuff. But I'm gonna say your Federation training instinct tells you to protect yourself first so you can protect the officers. So... Which side do you listen to? I go to Farida and I use protection. Alright. As you move to defend Farida, you feel something touch where your heart is. Which I don't know if you realize you had one, but like as it touches, you realize you do. But that's unfortunate. It's weird. You don't know what to put in there. You do have one. <laughs> I imagine there are most organs, especially ones that are important. Hey, you don't need a heart. It's fine. You just need an appendix. You don't know what organs are used. Technically, you wouldn't be able to tell that you have somebody else's kidney. You'd just tell that it's the kidney that's inside of your body that is being interacted with, so. I mean, like, whatever they could salvage, I imagine, was in the body. Anyway, that's not important. Suddenly touches right above your heart, and there's a glow, and everything around you goes dark. And after a couple of seconds, you all three find yourself standing side by side in front of a doorway. And no, it's not the door out. This one's much shorter. Oh, hi. Hello. I'm assuming y'all had a fun interview. Um... How is everyone looking to everyone else after that conversation? Actually, I might have a real insight and see if you'll notice how everyone else has reacted. That'd probably be good. Wow. You're fired, Dice. That was a seven. Okay. Sorry, an eleven. A twenty-one. Okay. Anna, but you can take the extra D4. Nine. Better than five. It was a six, actually. <laughs> but what does Vi see when she looks at you? How are you guys reacting, visually? Farida's normal state is a bit of active daydream. She's always got something else on her mind, because she does all of the music and all the art. But right now she's acting fairly clearly and directly, going for the door, investigating the door, picking around. Farida's focused. You're guessing that if she saw something similar to what you saw, she was more than ready to not be leaving that space. To not leave or ready to leave? Yeah, to leave or to not leave? To not leave. Like, to die right there. Huh? That just doesn't make sense. Okay, what? That she's acting in the, like, post-traumatic moment clarity of mind of, like, okay, let's just, let's keep going. Not gonna worry about the frivolous stuff. Open the door. Oh, okay. Okay. 
None of y'all know that the others experienced the moment where you chose to take a hit to protect the others. And anyway, how are you reacting? She looks a little lost. Anima kind of always looks a little lost. Like she doesn't know quite what's going on because usually she doesn't. But it's like more lost than usual. Okay. Yeah. If anyone wants to say anything before we go to the next stage. No. No, just moving forward. We could talk about it later. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Moving forward. Or never, you know. Bye's probably not going to talk about it. Yeah, not unless she has to. In that case, Farida, as you go to investigate, you touch the door and it opens, and you respect her saying, Oh, looks like you, you made it through the second round. Good job. Should be one last test before, before the... One more test. You tell she's distracted and sounds a little upset. Not concerningly, but she's been through a thing of her own. And I think we're going to end off there. Right before the last stage of the vault. Thank you for joining us and stay tuned next time to find out what happens on board the Opal Star. If you don't want to wait, you can get early access to our episodes over at patreon.com slash pseudonymsocial. If you like our show, please consider leaving us a review on your favorite podcasting app so people can know where to find us. We couldn't do this without your help. Aboard the Opal Star is a production of Pseudonym Social, changing reality one story at a time. It is DM'd and produced by me, Brianna Toiber. I'm Casey, and I'm playing Anima the Ashenforged. Victor, I'm playing Farida the Promethean. My name's Alexis, and I am playing Mylena Sorel, the Eldori. With music by Patrick Chester of Chester Studios. To get more information on this or any of our other shows, check out our website at pseudonymsocial.wordpress.com. time is valuable. Here at Dungeon Digressions, we encourage you to make every second count. Why spend minutes of your life listening to epic adventures, exploring new worlds, and getting lost in amazing story arcs and relatable character growth when you could be doing your daily routine every day, all day? Who especially wants to hear a bunch of gnomes chaotically traversing the world? They're filthy, whiny, don't understand magic, and are just seen as ugly kids. We're not kids. At least spend your precious moments listening to another fine podcast like this one you currently enjoy. Good choice. And ignore this tumultuous group of gnomes guaranteeing their deathy fate. Well done. Don't listen. No matter what. DungeonDigressions.com. Dungeon Digressions.